Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. All right, we finished Smokus Smokus, and now we're reading Spine Shivers. This one is Grin in the Dark, and we're not even going to tell you what it's about because it's so scary, and this one might just be for older kids, so parents probably like eight years old, eight, seven, eight, and older, and somebody who's not afraid of spooky things. This one, I believe, is involved involving spooky clowns, right, Pei? Hamid leans his head on the passenger side window. He stares out at big houses and winding streets and the amber glowing streetlight of his aunt and uncle's rich west side neighborhood. The radio has turned on to the local news station. The announcer is talking about the storm that's supposed to hit New Brighton tonight. Hamid and his mom are on their way to Uncle Muhammad and Aunt Julie's house. It'll be Hamid's first time babysitting for his seven his twin seven year old niece and nephew. It's Saturday night. Hamid would much rather be hanging out with his friends, playing video games, but he wants a game system of his own, and that that means he needs money. And that means he has to babysit tonight. They are paying me, right? He said, leaning towards the driver's seat, turning away from the window. It's not the first time he's asked his mom this question. This isn't going to be considered a favor that I'm doing, is it? Hamid, his mom said. He can hear the smile in her voice. This isn't going to be good for old Hamid helping out, he continues. Like when I spent three hours weeding Uncle Mo and then he made me pay for my own milkshake. Mom laughs. That's my brother, she said, but don't worry about that. I talked to Julie and you're definitely getting paid. Good, said Hamid. Julie says it's it's going to be a late night and they're going to a benefit for a charity she works for. Drinks, dinner, and music, mom said as the chair climbs up to Sycamore Hill Road. The new announcer clears her throat. I've just received an important alert, she says, especially for our listeners in Washington and Lincoln counties, north of the city of Brighton. Mom wrinkles her forehead and turns up the radio. What's this, she said, concerned. Washington County Authority said moments ago that Josiah Price has escaped from the state prison in Fish Falls. The newscaster says Josiah Price is unstable and violent. Oh my, mom said. What? Hamid asks, looking at his mom. Should we be worried? He knows Washington County is way up north. Of course not, mom said. She smiles and flicks off the radio. My guess is that the police will have him back in his cell within the hour. Hamid watches the dull yellowish shine of the headlights and slides across his hand. Aunt and uncle's house. It's a huge... It's huge... It's huge and white and giant windows that reflect the headlights and streetlights so that they look like huge wet eyes. Anyways, Julie says that she and Mo probably won't be back until midnight or later, Mom says as she guides the car into the sloping smooth driveway. Hamid's always been jealous of that driveway. He can imagine starting at the top of his bike and gliding all the way down that perfectly smooth blacktop towards the street. Then again, as Mom always reminds him, he'd have to pedal back up eventually. Still, compared to the bumpy, cracky alley that cuts between the apartment buildings and the duplexes on his block, this driveway is bicycling heaven. Mom parks the car and swivels in her seat. Mo, 
Will you drive home tonight, she says. There's no way I'm staying up past midnight. I have to work in the morning. Okay, Mom, Hamid says, pulling on the door handle to get out. And I have to be up at six. Mom calls after him, so come in quietly, Hamid. Okay, okay, Hamid says as he slams the car door. She looks up at the stark front of his aunt and uncle's house and beyond into the night sky. The moon is full tonight and very bright. It'll be blocked by thick gray cloud. It'll be blocked by thick gray clouds soon if the storm is as bad as the meteorologist says it's going to be. As Hammond walks toward walks towards the front door, Aunt Julie comes outside and stands on the gray stone stoop, waving at Mom in the car. "Hi, Hammond," she said, chipper and smiling. Her teeth as big as white as as big and white as sledding hills before the first run. She's wearing a gown that is long and shimmery and off-white, and it makes Hammond think of wintertime. Hey, Aunt Julie, he said, slipping past her in the house. (sighs) As he steps inside, Julie peers up at the sky. Not raining yet, she says. They're saying that we're going to get a big storm tonight. I hope we can hold off until we're home. I wouldn't mind a storm, Hammond says. I kind of like them. Well, I usually don't mind them, Julie said, closing the door behind him. But I don't think Mo wants to drive for two hours in a thunderstorm tonight. Julie and Mo's house is huge and fancy, just as stark and impressive inside as out, except for one odd thing. Julie is obsessed with clowns. Usually, and usually, clowns are everywhere. But tonight, Hammond walks into the entryway and he realizes that there's something different about the house. Tonight, all the clown stuff is missing. Normally, there's a photo of clowns on every shelf and framed drawings and paintings of clowns and decorating the walls. There are usually countless porcelain miniature clowns that sit on the mantle above the fireplace in the family room. Hammond appears around the corner to his left, down the short hallway that leads to the living room. There's usually stuffed clowns, a stuffed clown doll sitting in the armchair and clown music and boxes and snow globes perched on every available top. No clowns. Hammond turns to his right. The mirror hangs on the wall over the half-circle table, usually that has antique postcards of clowns, both drawn and photographed, tucked under its frame. But not tonight. Then Hammond looks to the staircase that leads to the dark second floor. Its walls are usually lined with black and white photos of clowns from hundreds of years ago. Clowns performing circuses, rodeos, and street festivals. Clowns posing in random places that you'd never think to find them. In a diner, in the front porch of a house, in a cornfield, uh, Aunt Julie, Hamid says slowly as he turns around to, f- to find her fiddling with something in the closet. What happened to all your stuff? Eh, it's packed away, I'm afraid, Aunt Julie says quickly, turning to face him. She checks the time on her phone and mutters to herself, we really have to go, she said. Looks for ha- Then she looks for ha- at Hamid, frowning. Why is it all packed, Hamid asked. Just then, without warning, Uncle Mo stepped through the doorway of the living room and walks up to the mirrors that hang over the sem- semicircular table. Because, Hamid, Uncle Mo said as he twists and tugs and pulls his bow tie, your aunt, your aunt Julie's obsession with clowns has become a thing of nightmares. He eyes to f- His eyes find Hamid in the mirror and he opens wide and winks. Nightmares, Hamid said. He looks at Aunt Julie for a clue. Sometimes she acts as a translator for Uncle Mo when he's not making much sense. Well, Julie said, pausing to hush her husband and hold her finger to his lips. Afifa and, uh, and Ahmed have been having bad dreams. About clowns? Uncle Mo, about clowns, Uncle Mo said, leaning down to put his goofiest face right between Hammond and Julie. 
He stands up straight and takes a look in the mirror and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go start the car. Julie rolled her eyes. Anyway, she said, we thought maybe if we took the collection and packed it up, it might help the twins. And, Hamid said. She frowned at him. Well, it hasn't helped yet, she admitted, as she snatched her purse away from the entry table in front of the mirror. Well, they're fast asleep now. I thought she said curse instead of purse. Oh, no. Not for long, Mo called around the corner of the kitchen, probably on his way to the garage. All right, all right, Julie says. We have to get going, but I'm afraid your uncle's right. The twins will probably be up at some point tonight with bad dreams. As she talks, she digs around in her little silver bag. If they get up, she says, please just do your best to reassure them and get them back to bed. They like you and they trust you, so it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Yeah, okay, Hamid said. Meanwhile, Julie goes on, if you have you have the run of the house, there's food and pop in the fridge, and there's a microwave popcorn. Do you know how to make microwave popcorn? Of course. Of course, says Hammond, rolling his eyes. Of course, Julie said, still digging through her purse. And there's a lot of movies to watch on the on cable or on Blu-ray or whatever Mo has hooked up in there. You know how to use that stuff? Uh, of course. Of course, Julie says, finally looking at her bag. Honey, she calls out over her shoulder toward the kitchen. I can't find the tickets. I have them in my coat pocket. Mo calls back, sticking his head around the corner. Let's go. Julie shakes her head and smiles. Anyway, she said, if the twins get up, just let them know that they're safe and when, and get them back into bed. All right. No problem, Hamid says, and walks with Aunt Julie through the kitchen, gleaming stainless steel granite countertops and a rack of shining copper pots and pans all over the island to the garage. He peeks in and sees Uncle Mo is ready in the driver's seat of their sporty SUV, tapping his watch impatiently. Have a good time, Hamid says, waving at Mo, who waggles his tongue at him. No wonder Julie loves clowns so much, Hamid thinks. She's married to one. Julie smiles and waves and climbs into the truck. Call us if you need anything, she says through the window, through the open window as Mo backs out of the garage. My cell phone number's on the fridge. Hamid steps back into the kitchen and closes the door. Then he pulls open the door and walks into the walk-in pantry and rubs his hands together as he looks around. Popcorn and movie time. That is honestly the best part about babysitting. You always get like snacks and food. (laughs) I loved it. I used to babysit for this one girl like once or twice a month. And her mom always got like dinner from like one of like the yummiest pizza places or like the yummiest burrito places. And she would always have like a new movie for us to watch. Isn't that cool? But she lived on a um, a golf course. So the whole back of her window was all windows so she could see the beautiful view. But the whole backyard beyond the short fence was black. And so I couldn't see anything. But anybody who was out there could see in the house. So I felt like I was like a fishbowl. I was always scared. (laughs) And there was no blinds for the doors. So it was like freaky. I was like, I want a friend. It was freaky dicky dutch. All right, guys, this book is spooky.